to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church, a place for all nations. To learn more about Commitment, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org. Like us on Facebook and download our mobile app. Now, let's enjoy today's message. Father, we thank you so much just for the awesome privilege to be here in your presence. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to know that you're actively involved in our lives day in and day out, but then there's the privilege to know that you have assigned a work, an area of service that has been uh, delegated, if you would, to us before the foundations of this world. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just help us to, to be more keenly aware of where you have assigned us within the body of Christ. God, that we will be a people who understand, God, that there's a space for us uh, to serve, Lord. There's a space for us to grow in grace. There's a space for us, Lord, to, to be used to help manifest your spirit among us. So, my God, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts, both, both who are here physically and those who are watching via commitment online, that you would just accomplish the work that you have begun in us, Lord. So, Spirit of God, please come. Do what you do best in our hearts. Help me, my God, as always, to help your people. In Jesus' name, we all sit. <clears throat> the small intestine. This is the long tube-like structure as long as 6 to 20 meters in length. It is a continuation to the stomach. The food from the stomach enters the small intestines and stays for eight hours. Here the food is digested and then nutrients are absorbed into the bloodstream. Yet, it is said the esophagus is the starting organs of this digestive system. The gallbladder is a small organ be below the liver, and some of you probably had this removed. Here, the bile juice from the liver is concentrated before being released into the gut. The liver itself, it is considered the biggest organ in the human anatomy. It is an uh, essential organ of metabolism and one of the principal organs human uh, organs human bodies has to detoxify uh, it from substances the lungs these are the principal organs of the respiratory system the skin believe it or not is the largest organ of the body concerning area it, it has it covers the whole body gives shape and protects the inner tissue from germs it also acts as an organ of the sense of touch the skin has sweat ducts, oil glands, and hair. In times of excess heat, it says, the body expels sweat through the skin to reduce the temperature. Along with uh, uh, sweat and sweat sodium, chloride, and other uh, waste are excreted from the body. The skin also acts as an organ of excretion. Glands and skin secrete an oily substance to prevent water loss and keep the surface smooth. The heart. This is the primary organ of the blood circulatory system. The heart's function is to pump the blood so as to reach deeper most, the deeper most tissues of the body. It is an organ which functions nonstop from birth to an individual's death. As you see here, even within the function of the physical body, there's a purpose, an intricate purpose for every single part of the human anatomy. Uh, every single organ that God has placed within our human bodies, 
uh, there's a distinct purpose and has been assigned there just as he wills. Listen, I don't know about you today, but one thing I've realized over my lifetime is that I had to mature into a place that I understand that my personal purpose in life is directly connected to my accessibility, availability, and the embracing of what God has assigned me to do to be within a local church. Uh, listen, I've learned this as well, and this is what I always try to uh, challenge a, a follower of Jesus Christ in and with, is that I've learned and observed, and it, this includes myself as well in, in times uh, and journeys in my life, is that one of the most miserable people on the face of the planet, you know what it is? It's not a sinner. It's a saint. It's a Christian. It's a follower of Jesus Christ who wakes up every single day of their lives with no purpose. What am I created for? I know I have something in me to do something for him. I know there's a bigger plan, a bigger picture. I know I'm a part of the body, but what is my role in the body? And we wake up every single day with no vision, no purpose, no destiny that's attached to uh, the body of Christ. It's interesting when you, when you note the descriptions of followers of Jesus Christ in the scriptures is this, is that you're called the bride, right? You're also called the family. You're also called children, but you're also called body. Listen, you, you can disown your family. You can divorce your wife, right? You can <laughs> disown children. But guess what you can't get rid, get rid of? Your body. Your body is yours for the rest of your life. Your body is yours. Listen, no matter if you like it or not, your body is yours. So it's amazing that God some way, somehow uses this term in this description uh, for us. And I believe personally it's because we need to get this and hone it in and understand that you are important, that there's nothing uh, listen, that God has given you to do that is less than or even greater than the other. Everything you're going to learn in this series is super important in support of each other and ultimately in support of the Great Commission and the gospel of Jesus Christ. That being said, I want you to know on the record that there is space for you here at Commitment Community Church. There's space. Listen, it may not be what you assumed it to be for you to do. And it may be something that's not even functioning right now, but it's up to you to start it to make sure it's functionable so that whoever comes behind you can be a part of it. You follow me? So, so please don't be here today saying, well, I don't see it happening. I don't see it functioning, so it's not happening here. God may be using you God may be stirring you to be that one to get it going so that people that come behind you can also hop in on it, right, and be a part of it and find their place and their space in the body of Christ. Or it could be this. It's happening, but you don't know it's happening. 
So it's super important to, to really, as you dive into this sermon series with me, we, we begin to uncover that there's a space for you, and we all have to improve our, our serve before God, is that there, it may be happening or it may not be happening, but it should be happening because of you. That being said, can you open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? We're going to be in verses about 1 through 25 today um, and some other scriptures to support them. So what I like to do is, is just like to help define this space for you, the space that God has given you to be able to use your giftedness, find fulfillment, and be that person that God has created you to be, willed you to be before the foundations of this world. First point that we want to identify is found, is found in verses 1 through 6. It says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you weren't following Christ. You were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts and the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all in all persons. Here's the primary, uh, if you would, starting point, and it is this, is that when we think about this space and we think about these gifts, we think about your privilege to serve, please know that it comes from and it leads back to one source. It has to do, and it's all about one source. Listen to what it says. It says the same spirit, same Lord, same God. What does that sound like? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? Three in one. So what you find here is that, is that what God has given you, it is, it is found in this sameness. It is cut from the same cloth. It has the same origin. It leads back to the same purpose and is ultimately to glorify, honor the person of Jesus Christ. We're going to find out later. So this word same means this. It is himself. It also means to agree. It means to be like-minded minded, or it means of the same lump. So, so whatever God has called and created you to do, guess what? It's from the same lump. It's from the same person. It is from himself. It is from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit that has given you this privilege to begin to serve him and serve others in a very unique way. And that's important to grab a hold to because many times we may do good things, but they're not necessarily what God has willed. What God has willed is this, the sameness are where you can find one doing what God has called and created him to do is always, it will always be tethered to the local church. It will always be tethered to the church in general. So you have this local church that God assembles, that this local church has this, his ultimate responsibility, and that is to find its place in the big church. So individuals find their place in the, in the local church. The local church find its place where? In a big church. So we all have a responsibility individually, collectively to this bigger picture, which is to advance the kingdom of God and to make sure that the great commission is being filled, fulfilled in a way God has intended it to be. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. Make sense? He's, the uttermost parts of the world can't necessarily do the work of the, the Jerusalem church. You follow me? Jerusalem takes care of Jerusalem, Samaria, uh, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And it's all the same source. 
all the same source. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6 says it this way. There is one body, one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Make sense? All, 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 same, 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 one, one, one. But then you also find within this space, found in verses 7 through 10, it says this, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the, same, by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distributing of spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. What did you hear in there? To another, to another, to another, to another. But here's the beautiful part of this to another. The to another is never for you. Verse 7, it says, it's for the common good. I am not gifted in my spiritual gifts. I don't serve as the pastor of this church for me to feel good. Why is that important? Because if I wake up one day and don't like you, what's my motive? And it happens so much in the church. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, so I can feel good, 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 and better about me, me. Listen, if the finished work of Jesus Christ isn't good enough, nothing ever will be good enough. If what Jesus Christ has come and done for you and for me, if that is not good enough, nothing ever will be good enough. Nothing ever will satisfy your soul. Nothing ever will ever quench the dryness of your soul. Nothing ever will be able to fulfill voids in your life. But what God does do is permit you to serve me and me to serve you, and then it works out to be for both of our good. Right? It's kind of like the hand. The right hand serves the left hand, and the left hand serves the right hand, and they function better together. The words common good means to contribute in order to help, to be profitable. And this is what happens, church, is that when we become to be, become people who are so individualistic, in other words, I'm doing this because I feel like it. I'm doing this because it makes me feel a certain way. I'm doing this because it satisfies me. Wrong motive. And what begins to happen is it becomes less profitable for everybody else around you. Remember your gifts and your abilities and skill sets to serve is never for you. It's for the gift giver to honor him and is also to help those around us. But the beautiful thing about gifts and serving in the body of Christ is as you serve and I serve and we collectively serve, everybody reaps the benefit of everyone serving each other collectively. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 and 2 says this way, and he gave some as apostles and, and, and prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints 
for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Listen, at the end of the day, what happens is there is this greater manifestation of himself when each one of us are serving in our specific area to which he's assigned. Or let me say it this way. If this section of the church right here to my right chooses not to serve, you know what happens? There's a lesser manifestation of his spirit. And so many people come into churches wanting to experience God, wanting to see God move, wanting to hear his voice, wanting to you know, experience his Shekinah glory like they did, you know, when the temple was first built. But I, I beseech you today, church, the reason why there is not such an experience more consistently or more broadly is because people choose to sit on the sideline. People choose to say, well, that's for them. They're good without me. They function well without me. No, the right foot makes the left foot better. The left foot makes the right foot better. Listen, the left foot helps the right foot, and the right foot helps the left foot, and guess what happens? They walk. If you choose and I choose not to be used where God has assigned us to be, listen, all we do is hinder the greater manifestation of the presence of the Spirit of God. Listen, do you realize there is something that you have through your giftedness, through your personality, and the way God has wired you that will help somebody else? Do you realize you can make someone else better? But if you choose not to use what God has given you, it causes others around you not to become whom even God has called them to be in the fullness thereof. We have to really begin to understand that it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about the health of the body of Christ. And when the body of Christ is healthy, everybody benefits from it, right? Listen, you don't, you don't take cough medicine so that only part of your body can feel good. Well, you know, I'm going to take a vitamin so my toe can feel better. Right? I, I take a vitamin so what? My entire being can feel better, right? Well, you know, I want to exercise, so exercise so that my eyes can, can function a little better. That's a byproduct of it, right? Remove the stress. Chances are, you know, your blood pressure goes down, your eyes refocus, et cetera, et cetera, Right? I mean, there's a byproduct of it, but at the end of the day, you exercise, you eat well, you take care of your body for the entire body's well-being, not merely for just one part of it. Yeah, you may want to focus on your abs and try to recover that six-pack and things like that, but at the end of the day, when you recover your six-pack, everything else begins to what? Benefit from the effort of what? Focusing on the six-pack. <laughs> this space comes from one source it's for the common good but then also verse 11 shows us it says but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually just as I want 
No. Just as the pastor wants? No. Just as you want? No. It says just as what? He wills. You see, this space, this space of grace to serve is as he wills. And, and I so hate to burst your bubble because many times we think that I'm going to serve where I want to serve. I'm going to do what I want to do. Listen, I'm going to do what makes me feel good. I'm going to do those things that I'm good at. Do you realize what God would do to you, me, us? He will will you, place you in the body to do things that you're not good at, but he's great at. And so many times you find followers of Jesus Christ bailing out too soon. God will have you do certain things. You run into a speed bump or the speed bumps are more like this. You run into another part of the body. And the other part of the body begins to irritate you. Don't come through for you. Disappoint you. And the first thing you want to do is disconnect from the body and say, oh, that's not what God's called me to do anymore. That's likened to the hand saying to the wrist, well, you know what? Uh, I don't have any more functional use for you anymore, so I just want to detach from you because you're causing me pain. We don't think about that, do we? We don't think that way, church. Think about the understanding of how wise God is. God is. Remember we said in the scriptures, God gives these descriptors of us, his people. He calls us sheep, right? He calls us his bride. He calls us his family. Listen, God knows. God is so wise. You know why? Because we all have family issues. And we all disclaim family members when they get on our nerves. And Okay, when I'm done with that wife, I'm done with that wife, I'm done with that wife, I'm done with that husband, right? Relational issues, we, we just, we're very easy to just throw them to the curb. But when was the last time you tried to say, okay, well, God, I don't like my body, I'm getting rid of it. Now, you may try to alter it, but it's still yours. And I believe with God's, with God's wisdom or in God's wisdom and his, and his sovereignty, he understands that we get this bodily function that I may not know that my toe is important until I stump it. So many times we, we feel as though that others aren't important so that we say, well, you know what, uh, God, you made a mistake as relate to where you want me to serve. Because it's a little bit uncomfortable or I don't get the moral support that I think I need or we just don't click with each other. We don't jive with each other. But you just can't discard parts of the body like that. I cannot choose, if we really believe in the sovereignty of God, that God is in full control, not only some of the time, but all of the time. If God is in full control of all things, all people, all circumstances at all times, and if he says he has willed you in a certain place, he desires you in a certain place, I don't have a choice. I don't. I've, let me rephrase this. I've grown to love to be a pastor. It wasn't first on my list. 
I've grown to love people. I used to didn't like people. And some of you know what I'm talking about. How God changes a person's heart and starts to give you a sincere, genuine, fond affection and love for people. I didn't think people were necessary. Because I was okay without conversing with you. I was okay sitting in a house by myself. I was okay. I didn't have to say anything to anyone around me. But now here I am every single week saying something to someone some way, somehow. And I can't tell you, initially it was greatly uncomfortable. And I pushed back and pushed back and pushed back because I'm not a talker by nature. I'm not a small talker by nature. I'm not a get-to-know-you kind of talker kind of guy. It's just, okay, let's get to business. You're done? You're done? I'm done, too. This is serious? Okay, no weather talking. No, no. It's just boom, 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 boom. And, and, I, and I, I'm just not wired that way. But, but, but God has willed me and chosen to place me in a uh, position, if you would, or a space in the body of Christ that says, no, you have to do that to sometimes progress the gospel and to move people into a greater transformational relationship with me. Sometimes that small talk leads to deep talk. Listen, there's nowhere in the scripture that says when God calls you to do something, create you to do something, that it's going to be comfortable. It will stretch you. It will stretch you. It will stretch you. But you'll be better from it. Super important for you and I to embrace the will of God. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that you will walk in them. There's something that he has created you to do that he has prepared beforehand that you have to start walking in. This space to serve is as he wills. This space to serve is also for all people. Verse 12 and 13, it says it's for all the members of the body. It also says that we're, we're, ba- we're uh, by one spirit, we're baptized into one body, whether Jew, Greek, slave, free. We're all in this one spirit. This, this place to serve, listen, no matter where you've come from, no matter who you are, no matter your race, your culture, your social economic, listen, no matter your educational background, no matter your educational background, listen, listen to this, even no matter how much scripture you know, not everybody can quote Bible verses. Do you realize that? So back off yourself. Not everybody knows that. There's only certain people that he places in the body who are better at it than others. And But then listen to this. There's also people who don't even have mercy for people. There's people who don't want to do... There's lazy Christians. Did you know that? 
<laughs> and there's people in the, in the body of Christ who just have a heart to serve and just many times pick up the slack for the lazy ones. That's the way God has, has so willed the body. But no matter who you are, no matter your race, your culture, your socioeconomic class, no matter your background, the bottom line is this space is for all people. But then this space is also, uh, uh, looks this way. In verses 14 through 21, it says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, Because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the lesser part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were a hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed in the members, each one of them in the body, just as what? He desires. Just as what? Come on. Just as what? Right. And it says, if there were if there were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head uh, to the feet, I have no need of you. So, you know, in this space, guess what? It fulfills all of our needs. Here's, here's a challenge in the body of Christ as well. There's so many people who try to live separate from the body of Christ and think that their needs will be met. Have your, if you're married today, you can have the best husband in the whole wide world, best children in the whole wide world, and still be needy. You can have the best job. Your bank account can be through the roof. Your 401k, your, your pension plan, and everything could be just where you want. Everything in life could just be exactly in place, but you still be needy. You know why? There's a place for the body of Christ in your life that your husband can't supply you, that your wife can't supply you, your parents can't supply you. Your children can't supply you. Your professions can't supply you. There's nothing else that can provide this but the body of Christ because that's just the way he wills. And there's so many times we try to just live life thinking that we do not need each other. We do not need relationships. We do not need to be connected to the body of Christ. And then we become so dysfunctionally confused And we walk around with needs that ultimately the person sitting right next to you or in front of you can answer. I was just having a conversation with someone after the first service in the hallway. Two independent people were saying, yeah, God is speaking to me about serving. And we were talking, and they said, well, I have some ideas, but do I have to be a part of the church? I said, yeah, you do. That'd be a good thing. But then they replied and said, well, you know, before I become a part of the church, I would like to develop relationships. And they were like, yeah, we agree, we agree, we agree. I said, well, here's your relationship. 
And they looked at each other like, oh, dang, you're right. Because <laughs> they were like, yeah, they were just all into each other, you know, just talking. And, and like, well, here's your relationship. I said, but also the scripture says to you and I, if you want friends, you have to present yourself as friendly. So you can say, okay, well, I don't know anyone. Um, if you leave the church every single Sunday, get in your car with the same people you drove into, chances are you would never, ever know anyone. That's why we have coffee connection, operative word, connection. <laughs> it's like, come on, get to know each other over some coffee. You don't have to stay too long. Get to know somebody. And one thing I've seen within the body of Christ is this, is that when people stress themselves and get to know people, their lives are never the same again. Their marriages are never the same again. It's just, just, it's just the way it is. But if you continue to choose to live your life on your own, you will go through life without needs being met. Tangible, spiritual, physical, emotional. Listen, some of you sisters need a sister to walk you through life or just be there. Some of you guys need guys to just be there, that your biological brother's not going to get it, your father's not going to get it, your mother's not going to get it, your biological sister's not going to get it. It's, that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. I can't even properly explain and articulate why it is such, because it's supernatural. Same thing with young people. Young people, listen, you can continue to think you're a Christian living by yourself, but you need other young people to encourage you, inspire you. It's just, it is what it is. So it's super important that we not, we get out of being a church. I'm not saying this is us, but if you are fit, fitting this category, you come, you get the word, you go. You come, you get the word, you go. You come, you get the word, you go. And there's no one on speed dial. that's connected to the church, you're going to be very needy. And time begins to impress upon you the needy. Situations begins to occur, and it begins to press you, and then you begin to realize how much you need others. So it's super important to understand this, that there's this space. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, this is a very, very sweet passage of scripture. It, it talks about this. It says, but be hospitable to one another, beginning of verse 9, without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, listen to what it says, employ it in serving one another as a good steward of the manifold, manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, it says, is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all these things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. So it's like God is saying, you know, if you are called to serve, serve. Don't hold back. If you're called to teach, teach. Don't hold back. Because there's someone else in the body needs you. 
and you need them. Lastly, this space to serve, it unifies. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 22 through 25. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seems to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant, abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to the members which lack. That's so important to grab a hold to. Listen, think about this. You see, guys and folks like me, we have the privilege every single week to stand in front of you. And then chances are, before the end of the day, unless I just totally bombed it, somebody's going to say, hey, pastor, great job. That really spoke to me. So you know what? People like me. don't need more credit. But the people you, who are serving this church, who are, who are doing wonderful things behind the scenes, God says, that person, guess what? In my eyes, that's impressive. What I do, this is so ironic, but so God. Guys like me who stand up every single week, you know what God is saying? You don't impress me. But that is so different the way we think, right, in society. Oh, you're fun. Oh, oh, look at you, look at you, look at you. But God says, no, nah, it doesn't impress me. But it, what impresses God, listen, mothers and parents of small children, are the ones who are changing your children's diaper, or at least waiting for you to come change your children's diaper. The ones who clean the toilets every single week and you don't know that they're cleaning the toilets until the toilets aren't clean. That's what impresses God. Because he knows those people aren't getting the accolades. Those people are, no one is searching for the, the temple care ministry and searching them out to say, hey, can I write you a note to thank you so much for making sure the restroom is fresh and clean? that the toilet paper uh, spool is full. No one is writing thank you notes for that. But in a heartbeat, I get a thank you note, Pastor, that really spoke to me, blah, 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 blah. My humble opinion is this. This is God's in intention to keep us unified. Keeps God like me low. Keeps people like you encouraged that if I know the mind of God and what God thinks of you I should always consider someone who doesn't have the privilege to lead and give input in people's lives as valuable and necessary remember the sock excuse me remember the baby toe in the sock in the shoe illustration that nobody knows is there until what pain hits then it hits the nervous system it goes up to the brain and says oh something's wrong something's wrong heart starts beating mouth starts saying things that it shouldn't say right that's what happens right going back to the toilet scenario right toilets aren't clean goes in it smells like urine or something like that you walk in right 
toe is hurting, toe is hurting, toe is hurting, toe, no, toe needs help, the toe needs help, the toe needs help, the toe needs help. Right? We don't run to the mouth and say, okay, well, all right, mouth, uh, do you need some help? You have a sore tooth? You know, no, no. It, immediately you know where the pain came from. The pain came from what? The toe. Let me address the toe. Parents, can you imagine coming to church and we say, hey, you know what? Sorry, um, your children can't be dismissed today because we don't have anybody to teach your children. Chances are, most people in the church don't even know the teacher's name. But every single week, somebody's teaching the children. The challenge we face is, is to realize that no matter what that part of the body does, important and everyone should have the lens of God and the lens of God says yeah pastor appreciate what you're doing praise the Lord thank you for what you do appreciate it um, but let me also pay attention to other people that maybe aren't getting the the notes of encouragement you know the pats on the back saying hey great job appreciate everything you're doing we need to start thinking how God thinks about them and start giving them what they deserve. And when that happens, it just keeps us all at a place of humility, keeps us all at a place of unity that I believe just helps us become everything that God has called and created us to be. This word, no division, means no dissension, to split into factions. In other words, you are no better than me. I'm no better than you. Why? It's because we need each other. There's this space. But here's the, the, the most important thing to grab a hold to. In this whole physical anatomy, again, God's wisdom, he says, you're a body. There's one body with one head. In a human anatomy... The brain, this is the master organ of the body. All the systems of the human body are under its control. Its essential function include judgment, memory, reasoning, sleep, temperature control, body movements, flex, flex actions, etc., etc. For the record, no, there will never be any pastor of this church that's the head of this church. There's only one head. He is Christ. And again, God in his wisdom says, your body, your body, you get it, your body, your body, but everybody needs a head. And that head is not the pastor. The pastor is only but a part of the body. So you could say from the Neck down, chin down, whatever you, it's all functioning parts of the body. But at the end of the day, 
before God Almighty, according to the scriptures, theologically proper, there's no other person on the face of this planet that can be, will ever be the head of the church, period. Period. And honestly, that's for everybody's well-being, including mine. It's to know that I'm a bar, I'm a, listen, I'm a part of the sheep and he is the shepherd. And that's why Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 18, and we'll end with this verse. He is the image of the invisible God. This is Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in them all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place, listen, church, in everything. He's going to be the one. He is the master organ. The master organ and all of us in this room, watching, listening, in the future, listen, at the end of the day, we're all under his control. And he helps us with judgment, memory, reasoning, sleep. <laughs> he helps us with temperature control. He helps us with body movement. He, listen, helps us to be flexible. if he's the head. Let's pray. Today, um, I don't know where you are with this, but you just need to know that there's space for you. There's space for you. If today you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there's no better way than now to do so. If today you've never prayed and asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior, that means really you're not yet a part of the body and you're, you're just trying it on your own and, and you will fail miserably, I must say. But today, if you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ so that in that moment, you will be a part of the body of Christ. He will be your head. The body of Christ will begin to be a part of you and you a part of them. And it will begin to be for your good. But you must surrender your life to Christ. Today, if you want to do so, really simple just in a simple prayer, you just say something like this. Just say, Jesus, forgive me for I've sinned against you. But today I realize that you came to die for me. You were buried for me. You rose again from the grave just for me. Jesus, please come into my heart, my life, to live forever, to take full control, my God, from this day forward. Help me to genuinely connect to the body of Christ. And if today maybe you've already prayed that prayer, but for whatever reason you have chosen 
to be disconnected from the body. Can you make a decision now in your heart that you would now begin to be connected to the body? Know that there's space for you here, a commitment. It's a space, it's a place that he has willed for you. Can you just make it up in your mind and heart as it relates to will you go forward in this? For your good and for his glory and for the good of others as well. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church. If you would like to learn more about Jesus Christ, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org forward slash start. This website will walk you through having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you would like to support God's Word through this ministry, please visit our website at www.commitmentchurch.org. Lastly, if you or your family are in the South Jersey or Philly metro area, please visit us at Commitment Community Church.